0: And welcome to another episode here for the Funkit Mindful Media and Communication. And today the, the topic, as always, does relate to what we discussed before, of course. Last time we talked about we talked about advertising already, we talked about marketing, we talked about influencer marketing and so on. And always when we talk about this, I always throw in a little bit of hey, don't forget your ethics. Well, today. We talk a little bit more about ethics and the foundations of media ethics. We're gonna talk a little bit about this this real intricate world of media ethics because it's not it's not really easy uh, to, to have ethics in real life already, uh, neither in the media, of course. And we're gonna also look at some of the underlying theories that that shape what I would call responsible journalism. Yeah, at the core of media ethics. Is of course the theory of public interest, which then emphasizes the responsibility of media professionals to serve the needs and interests of the public. So that's the that's the idea. That's the underlying underlying idea, right? As a media creator slash slash slash, slash journalist, for journalists in particular, of course, you should be serving the needs and interests of the public. Now, this the theory. Right recognizes that media organizations have a crucial role in informing, educating, and engaging the public, and therefore they must prioritize the greater good over personal or commercial interests. So that's the idea, right? So if you are a media outlet, a media organization, the idea of media ethics suggests that you are looking to help you know, the greater good inform the public and are not primarily looking for personal or commercial gain. And having that said, you can already see problems here, right? Because of course, everybody, especially in our society, is driven by commercial interest to some extent, right? So upholding the, the public interest right, requires media professionals to seek truth, provide accurate information, and contribute to the democratic discourse that underpins more society. So that's that's just that theory. Okay, so the theory suggests, one more time, summing it up a little bit, that a, journalists, media organizations have to, or sh- should, I should say like this, should, should um, operate, by focusing on the greater good prioritizing the greater good over personal or commercial interests and they should uphold the public interest by looking for truth providing accurate information and contribute to the democratic discourse that underpins most societies that we are probably in okay so that's that's the theory and listening to this you probably already say well hmm, i'm not sure if that's always the case right because what we we talked about it before about agendas and so on, right? And when we talk about the theories and the previous episodes, of course, every media organization also has an agenda, right? So now will they put their agenda over what we just said actually stands for media ethics? Hmm. Another important theory here in that that whole concept when it comes to media ethics is of course the concept concept of Objectivity. you all know the term, right? But traditionally, externalists they have strived to maintain objectivity by presenting information in a in a more neutral and a more unbiased manner, right? However, now in, in of course today's digital age, where and I think you might agree where opinions and personal perspectives are prevalent, right? Achieving achieving pure objectivity has has become really challenging because Extreme opinions are what drive clicks, what make drive listens, views, and therefore also ads and money, right? So just presenting something objectively might not get you the clicks. And that's then where you put commercial interest over the greater good. So now having a set, right, um, we could blame the advent of social media, the rise of opinion-driven content, and so on. Um, but we're not, we're not blaming it right now. We're just trying to understand, right? But with, the, of course, the rise of social media and this opinion-driven content, we can see that the lines have been blurred between news and commentary. But because commentary, of course, adds personal opinion. News should not. So media professionals, they should navigate Those complexities and find ways to, I want want to say, balance objectivity with transparency. And they should acknowledge their own biases while striving to provide what's more or less, not more or less, what is fair and balanced coverage. So, no more or less, the coverage should be fair and balanced. And if you are biased, you should address it. Right? So, that's the idea here when it comes to objectivity. And you see already me me talking about like the media professionals, right? Because I think media professionals have a huge responsibility. And I think those responsibilities are quite multifaceted, to be honest, because I do think media professionals should, of course, adhere to those standards of media ethics and promote accurate and ethical reporting. Um, But when we look at Another theory that might play into into part here, or might might take part here, is the theory of journalistic independence. This, This theory, right, underscores the importance of editorial autonomy, and I think that's quite important, the avoidance of undue influence or conflicts of interest. So this suggests that journalists should have the freedom to pursue stories, they conduct investigations, present information without interference or pressure from external forces. Meaning that editors, sponsors, investors would not intervene with what journalists are doing. That means your TV station wouldn't intervene with what, how you are presenting something, for example. It means the newspaper you're working for, the, the magazine you're working for, would not intervene in your presentation. And while I'm saying this, you probably realize, is that always the case? I'm not sure, right? So maintaining journalistic independence ensures that media professionals actually can do their job. And their initial job was to act as watchdogs, you know, hold power to account and serve as kind like, of a check on potential abuses. That was the idea way back when, we, when this all started, right? But now... Is it really still the case? It's a question. Do media organizations have agendas that they put over the greater good? Do they intervene with how journalists do their job, for example? Yeah, additionally, media professionals have, I think, the responsibility to respect privacy and handle sensitive information with care. It's very important, especially recording this podcast in Thailand, um, where this is not always the case. Uh, so, then when we talk about responsible reporting, the, the theory here recognizes that ethical dilemmas will arise right, when you report on tragedies, conflicts, or private matters. So here, journalists, they should balance the public's right to know with, of course, the considerations of privacy, sensitivity, and also important, potential harm that unverified or yes, sensationalized information may cause. responsible journalism demands a commitment to accuracy, accountability, and focus on the greater good. I say it one more time because I just think it's that important. And now again, while I say all those things, right, while while I talk about this, when you think about it, is this really happening? Because if you ignore privacy, of course, you can sensationalize more, right? You can... Publish faster if you don't verify facts, for example. No, that's the case. And then you just publish. So you're the first to publish. And there's this saying, it's better to be first than to be right, because then you get the clicks, the views, and all the and, and the ad revenue. And so that's why I just found it that that important to have like an episode like this just to talk about it. If you look if you look at in in, in real life, right, there are lots of lots of examples of media ethics violations i think if you just look around right now probably or if you just think about it um you will see lots of examples like one of the most prominent examples over the past few years probably was the or still is the uh, phenomenon of fake news right the spread of misinformation and here the theory of truth and accuracy in journalism highlights that the media has a fundamental role and the media professionals have a fundamental role in verifying facts and providing reliable information to the public, right? And then when media organizations fail to adhere to these principles and then propagate false or misleading narratives, public trust is gonna be eroded. And the credibility, of course, of the entire media industry suffers, not just of one journalist. By now, 2023, right now, time of recording, If you say mainstream media, lots of the people you talk to will roll their eyes, like, as if it's something bad, just because of all the fake news allegations, but also the actual fake news that that have been spread, right? So the whole industry is suffering from that. Another, I think, relevant theory in this case is the the notion of um, media accountability and responsibility. Yeah, I I mentioned it in the beginning, so I mentioned it at, at the end as well media professionals, they should be accountable to the audience. That's how you got to strive for accuracy, transparency, fairness in reporting. The instances of of plagiarism, like fabricated stories, conflicts of interest, all those things undermine the credibility of the the whole media, right, and diminish public trust. And that's a problem because if the public doesn't trust the media, they're going to trust Alternative media, and I'm not I'm not hating on alternative media. It's great of many different media outlets, but only you know, distrusting one part of the media, like all mainstream media is bad, and only trusting alternative media might also be a problem. Just like like it's a problem the other way around, right? You should always not trust everybody. You should just always be critical and use critical thinking. We talked about this in a previous episode. Um, so, but yeah. Having the whole media industry losing credibility is, of course, a problem. So it's essential for media organizations to establish, I think, robust editorial oversight. That's important. There need to be fact-checking mechanisms. And you need to have professional codes of conduct to ensure ethical practices and to maintain the integrity of journalism. And I think the last sentence I just said right now is the problem. In theory, of course, the media organization is like, yeah, sure, we got editorial oversight. We do fact-checking, of course. Uh-huh. But if that clashes with the agenda, if that clashes with the sponsors, what they want, are you really enforcing it is the question. Huh. And that, I think that's a big problem. Yeah, but by, by looking at those real-life examples that I just gave, right, you hopefully understood that um, there are lots of consequences that arise when when media ethics are compromised. And so this whole thing, hopefully, serves as a reminder of the importance of upholding those ethical standards in journalism and the responsibility that media professionals hold in shaping, I want to say, public discourse and perception. And now, why do I talk about it, A, because I think it's important, of course, when looking at the media journalism and so on, but I think it's also important for anyone that actually creates any kind of content. As soon as you create content that goes out there, that people can consume, you have some sort of responsibility, even if you're not a news reporter for CNN or whatever, Mm -hmm. you still have responsibility. So I I really I don't I'm not saying don't do it don't create content of course go out create lots of content create all the content but be aware of the responsibility that you have as soon as you publish something you have responsibility and that's why I wanted to to make this episode (laughs) and that that already brings me to the end of the episode I don't want to make it again too long you know I try to keep it between 10 and 15 minutes no lectures here if you want to learn more about this come join me uh, in my lectures or check out my more detailed uh, YouTube videos, breakdowns where I go into more detail um, into some of those theories. Um, having said, that brings us at the end of today's episode. I hope this episode shed a little bit of a light on like this this intricate role, as I said in the beginning, of, of media ethics, um, the responsibilities of media professionals, the consequences of ethical violations. Yeah, remember that the power of the media comes With great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. And it's through upholding ethical standards that we all can contribute to a more informed and, I also want to say, responsible society. All right. The the journey, of course, as you know, doesn't end with this episode. Uh, I invite you, of course, to continue this conversation with me. So share your thoughts, questions, experiences on the social media channels at Funkitpod or leave a comment on the website. leave reviews if you want to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to engaging in a dialogue about media ethics and maybe we can even work together to foster like a, a better media landscape that, that values more truth, more accuracy and enjoys or enjoys may, might be too much but embraces ethical practices. Now, if you found this episode insightful, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. Um, share with friends. Leave a review. It would be fantastic. As always, thank you for being part of this journey and I'm very much looking forward to talking to you again on Monday. So stay safe, take care, have a great weekend, and we talk soon. Salika.